What is up, Geek Vibes Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. Uh, I think we're having some technical difficulties with Jawan, but Joel is here. What's up, Joel? What's good, fellas? Well, oh, nothing much. Nothing much. Just, uh, I'm still recovering, man. I'm still, like, from, I my, know, from my dog. I know, I I hope I was gonna say I hope both you and Jawan shed like a little tear on the inside for me because that shit was I did oh I did I laughed but, think, but at the same time it was <laughs> I felt bad at the same time yeah yeah well like I, man yeah it's like I, the, the, honestly it's it's there's not anything like I love basketball is my favorite sport but the the thing that I care most about is UGA football. So it's like right. losing that game and in that fashion, and especially like with the like so many bad calls that went our way, which I'm never one to blame like officiating for losing a game. Like there's way too many things that go into a game to like uh, to to blame it on officiating, but it it does make it hurt even more. You know, it's just like another thing on top of everything else. Like. 13 mm, yeah. nothing lead blown, and then, like, a few bad calls <laughs> go your way, and then before you know it, motherfuckers throw on a touchdown. Like, and not to mention, we had that, we had a huge sack right before, like, that play, too, that, like, like put them, like, pretty much out of field goal range. Like, man, I was, like, I was hot on cloud nine, and then, like, in the fucking dumps, like, the, like all within, like, 20 seconds, man. It was fucking crazy. But I'm I'm slowly coming to grips with it. I think I'm finally in, like, the acceptance stage. It's funny. Like, when the Falcons lost, it just kind of pissed me off. Like, when they lost last year. This one's just, mm-hmm. like, I'm just depressed, man. Like, I'm just, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't hardly eat anything yesterday. Like, I ate, like, like half a meal all day. Like, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Like, I, and you know the thing is, it's like you, you like as a sports fan, like we all kind of get it. Like you wish you didn't care as much as you do, like but you right. do. And there, it's like it's just in your blood, man. It's like nothing you can do about it. I guess it makes me feel for all the people who hated the Last Jedi. Like for the people who like are like <laughs> this ruined fucking Star Wars. Like like I, I, man, I kind of feel for you because like my believe me, like shit ruin fucking football like I can't and like thumbing through my feed on Facebook with all these like college football um things that I follow like all fucking mm-hmm. recapping it and then seeing like even seeing like news that I, I like hadn't popped up on my feed from like two or three days ago like who you got like going in or whatever I'm like motherfucker dude like retire that fucking like get that shit off my feed uh yeah <laughs> It, it it's yeah. it, it's tough, man. It's gonna take a long time. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk basketball, and we got a fucking lot to talk about. Um, Jawan, uh, hang up and call back in, bro, because I still see you. Um, hello. There we go. Nice. Okay. There you are. What's up, man? Nothing. I was just laughing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you did you did you shed a little tear for me on the inside uh, on Monday night? I did. I know exactly what you were going through. I went through it in '07 with that uh, douchebag Joel. So yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> yeah. did it. 
Yeah, you can't really. They're not really. They're not really comparable though, because like at least you've won championships. No, it happened twice to him. (laughs) That's true. It did happen twice, but like I would take two losses for one win, much less five of them. So, yeah, like I've never had it in my lifetime. Uh, So, not since uh, nineteen. I won six, but okay. So I, it's, and I, I don't know. To me, it's on a, it's, it's on a different level. At least you got some W's, you know, um, in in the big game. But anyway, like I said, we're we're here to talk basketball, so let's jump into it. Uh, Woj dropped a huge article, um, and I, it was it was such a joy to read. It, it pretty much outlined all of you know what's what's kind of going on. So we're calling this episode which is episode 30, by the way, Woj's Buyers, Sellers, and Untouchables. So let's get into it. The Lakers are actively shopping Clarkson. They are also shopping Randall, and they are shopping Nance. Now, we pretty much kind of knew that they were going to be shopping, uh, you know, most of these guys. Nance is the one who really kind of surprises me. Um, what do y'all think about this article? Or what did you think about the Lakers shopping Nance, rather, uh, Joel? Um, I'm not really surprised by many of the names you just uh, mentioned. Um, I like all three of them, too, and I think you can get good values for all of them. It's just a matter of where. But um, And I especially like um, – I like Larry Nance, Jr. I like um, Jordan Clarkson could be a starter in certain places, could be a sixth man in certain places. Uh, Larry Nance has worked himself into the starting lineup, but obviously I'm not sure if that's his role in the future. And um, you said Randall, right? Yeah. Uh, Randall's another guy I really like. Uh, he can play in four, he can play in five. Um, there's definitely they're, – they're a valuable player. I think if they do – they'll find buyers. I think at least one of them might be gone by trade by I'm thinking, I'm assuming. Um it's just a matter of what they're willing to take back for them. Do they want something big, you know, like, cause it's really just to get their contracts off so they don't have to worry about extending them in the future, honestly, with those players. Right. So it's like what they expect back is really uh, what I'm not really sure. <laughs> it depends on who, who wants what. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of does appear like the market, like we, we've seen this like huge shift in the past, like two years where, people are are really valuing draft picks more than they ever have before. Um, so it's like, and, yeah. and being that, you know, everyone knows that you're shopping these players um, and knows your, your end goal of, of, you know, especially with Clarkson and Randall, um, like you want to get them off the books so you can go after two max contracts, you know, probably yep. Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins. Um but no, the the reason like the reason Nance kind of like baffles me a little bit is like yeah you have Kuzma but I mean you you really want to have like like Nance is so valuable I mean it, two things one he's he signed through next season so he's not really mm-hmm. affecting your bottom line as far as he's not prohibiting you from going out and signing uh, you know free agents like say uh, Clarkson's. Uh, contract or Randall's cap hold would, um, but you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I I would really think you would want to hold on to him. I mean, you'd rather have t- 
two power forwards and you're not going after a power forward. You're going after, you know, a three and a five. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Nance can play a little small ball five as well. Um, so, I mean, and he can even play three if, if you really need him to. It's not, not his preferred position. I'd rather slide him to a small ball five than, a, than, a, you know, than have him play the three. But I, but I do think uh, Kuzma can play the three. So, like, I think having Nance in that mix gives you a lot of versatility. I, I don't understand why you would want to move him at this point in time. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess they just, they're that gung-ho on Kuzma, and maybe they think, you know, moving Nance can help um, help get them back more if they pair him with one of these two guys. If they say pair Clarkson and Nance, right. maybe they can I get, agree with you that. Know, so, yeah, I think um, that's the only but, thing that makes sense, honestly. Yeah, like I, don't, I just don't know why you would trade him otherwise. So, but right, I mean, no, I guess I we'll, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Uh, Juwan, what did you think about uh, the Lakers shopping these three guys? Uh, Clarkson and Randall were ones to be expected. Uh, some of their right. best assets. Uh, Nance was a bit of a shock. Um, I honestly don't see Nance uh, moving unless. The Lakers can maybe hitch, uh, you know, tie him up with Randall or Clarkson, and send it as like a package deal. Because um, I just I don't know many teams that would want Nance. Like he he's a good player, but I don't know that many people that are trading away something to necessarily bring him in, um, unless it's something like something that you know they could care less if they lose. But I I really don't see who would necessarily straight up want Nance unless he maybe came with a Randall or a Clarkson. Um, so that would be interesting well, to see. I think there's a lot of teams that would want Nance. It's just, like, what are you going to give up for just Nance? Yeah, Nance. Right? I, that's right. what you're but that's saying, what I'm right? saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. If you, have to, if, if you have to, you know, if they're saying, here, take him straight up, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable giving much, you know, if if anything, away to get just yeah, like Nance. A, like if you like were telling an early me, second I rounder. Get, right. Like if you were fine taking that, then yeah, sure, fine, I'll take them. Uh, but yeah. if you're looking for more than that, I, if if I'm a team, I'm like you kind of have to pair that up with something. I'm not just taking Nance uh, for right. anything higher than that. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely a shock. But nothing shocking about Clarkson or Randall. Um, that I, I can understand both of those guys. Uh, the Lakers wanted to get off of both of those guys, uh, but I'd say Nance was the biggest shot from uh, from their shopping list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, we've speculated about Clarkson and Randall. We did a whole segment where I did like four different trade proposals for Randall. Um, Clark, Clarkson, I I think he's a little trickier. Um, it, it's kind of weird because both Clarkson and Randall. Um, are r- really valuable pieces, but only really valuable to a very small number of teams. Like the Larry Nance fits with just about any team, um, but like with 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 Randall, you really want to ideally, if you're going to have him be your starting power forward, you want to pair him up with with a five who can spread the floor. Um, right. So, like, a team like Philadelphia would make a ton of sense, um, but they already have Sarich. And so they're not going to want to take Nance. They're not going to give you anything back for Nance, uh, you know, because they they have 
a solid guy in Sarge. They also have, uh, you know, the desire to go out and make some splashes in free agency. Um, so they're same mm-hmm. thing. They're not going to want to tie up their books with, with, with you know, uh, a guy like Randall. That's why I think Indiana and Brooklyn make the most sense uh, for him, guys that aren't going to be big buyers in the free agent market um, and guys who have, well, with Brooklyn, it's pretty much just take whatever talent you can get. And with, with uh, Indiana, I think he would pair well because Miles Turner spreads the floor. Clarkson, he's he's almost even a little more difficult for me because I don't see him as a starter. Like I just don't think I think six man is like what he's made to be. Um, like mm-hmm. you know, like a um, like a Lou Williams or or a, or, a, or a, a Jamal Crawford or you know somebody in that sort of vein who's just going to come off the bench put the ball in his hands, he'll give you 15 to 20 points, um, you know, somewhere in that, in that, in that uh, ballpark. Um, so I, I think it's harder to see, you know, it's harder to judge what teams are going to want him. And the teams that really would, would like him, like teams that are um, at the top end of, of the league, that either don't have cap space for him or don't have the necessary components to trade for him. Like, uh, like for instance, a team like Toronto could totally use a guy like Clarkson, um, but they they don't have their first round pick. Yeah, they have some young talent, but like, then you got to try to pit somebody else. They don't have the expiring contract that the Lakers want. Like, it's just a really tricky situation. I still contend. I think it would be best. They should definitely move Randall. Um, I would wait until the off season for Clarkson when. You know, when everybody uh, is is looking for people to to add to their team because you know everybody comes off the books, um, you know, who's an expiring contract, and then maybe you'll have a few more buyers um, on on Jordan Clarkson. Um, and you know, I, as far as, uh, as as far as Clarkson's um, as far as his monetary value, there's potentially a way that you could keep Clarkson um, and sign Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins is very tricky and I'm not sure it would work, but I read this article the other day and I thought it was super interesting. Essentially what the Lakers could do instead of stretching Luol Deng on on a five-year thing, and, and this is crazy, so stay with me here. They could extend him with say maybe like six million dollars guaranteed, so you extend him uh, over a longer period of time with say six million dollars guaranteed, um, and then you then you waive him and you can then stretch him eleven years. Um, I'm not exactly sure how this works, um, but basically the way it would work is is because you're extending his contract, you can stretch it longer. Um, so you could stretch it over 11 years. So instead of it costing you about $7.5 million a year um, to do it, it would cost you maybe $3.5 million a year. Um, of course, it would be over 11 years instead of over um, over five. But, you know, if you're about to go out and sign max deals, it, it's really a dime a dozen. Like you'd rather have it stretched out over a longer period of time. Um, anyway, just to give you that extra flexibility now. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, the, 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 it's not like that money inflates with the rise of the cap. So as the cap goes up over, over that 11 years, that $3.5 million per year is not quite as, as – it doesn't hit you quite as hard as it does the further the cap rises. Um, plus, you know, there's, there's some speculation that the league would, would object to this because it's really kind of capitalizing on a loophole. But it would be a hard – I think you would be hard-pressed for the CBA not – to object to the league saying they can't do that because the law dang stands to get six million more dollars, you know? Like so as a player you're like, A, I get six million more dollars, yet yeah, stretched over a longer period of time, but I get six million more dollars and I get to I they they remove me from the team so I get to go sign like a veteran minimum somewhere and actually play. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I mean I think it would benefit Luau Dang as well. Um, so it, it's an interesting little way that they can do it, and then they could keep Clarkson, and then you could have Ball, Clarkson, George, Nance, Kuzma, um, Hart, uh, Cousins, like that, and and then just bring in some vet minimums. Um, so I I wouldn't be in a rush to trade Clarkson is my point behind that. There's ways to keep Clarkson where you can still uh, achieve the goals that you want to achieve, and. You know, like, I, and I don't, I don't get at all why you would trade Nance. Um, but uh, Joel, what, I mean, what do you think about that? As far as um, that, that would be a super crafty move for them to pull, um, and I think that makes a, a ton of sense. Like, would you rather try to move Clarkson and get some, like, try to get something back for him? Like, obviously, it depends on what you get back, but try to do that and then stretch Dang over five years and sign you know, sign those those uh those big time free agents or would you rather keep Clarkson, stretch it over eleven years and sign those big time free agents? I personally I mean I like Clarkson a lot, but I'd rather just trade Clarkson than have to deal with all that. Uh those I mean those extension uh contracts they happen occasionally, but it's usually it's really just to get that, that player off the roster. Um uh and I I'm <laughs> And they're they're still paying for paying Luol Deng all that money, uh, so I guess you're right. It could happen. I just don't see it as a likely scenario, especially if they're shopping him. That means they're not totally sold on the, the idea of him being there anyway. So just right. they're open to it. You know, they're like, oh, we're ready to right. let go. Uh, our future is not with with him uh, there anymore. And again, he's going to be valuable to somebody. Somebody's going to like him because he is a two way guard and he's big and he can do a little bit of everything. And that's that's pretty valuable in this league so don't be well, biased he, he's a much. he's a combo guard if that's what you mean like he can play the one and the two he's not a two-way player he doesn't play a lick of defense um well, yeah i meant but, i meant that yeah yeah two-way, so yeah, two-way play, but yeah like he can play one and he can play two um he's really even big enough to where like if you were if you had him in like a like a Phoenix Sun styles offense he could even play the three for you um i, mean, like I would five right that. something like that yeah, six five, and he's got a pretty big wingspan. Um, I would hate to see him try yeah. to defend like legit small forwards, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but I mean, he he doesn't defend anybody. So, uh, but that's not what he's there for. He's there to to come off the bench and get you buckets, and that's what he does. Buckets. I mean, yeah. nobody's ever been like, you know what I love about Jamal Crawford? That guy plays great defense. Like no one in the history Word. of basketball has ever uttered those words. I still love Jamal um, Crawford. <laughs> oh yeah, me too, dude. Like, 
Like I, I, I loved it when he was on the Hawks for a little bit. Like we, we had some right. good teams with him. Yeah, we had some yeah, good teams good. with him, man. That was like at the right before the, 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 uh, like the. I think that was at the very beginning of like our perennial playoff run, where we where it went to the playoffs like nine years in a row. Um, he was there at the right. beginning of that, and he was he was great, I man. Think you're right. We just couldn't afford to keep him when the Clippers were like, yeah, we'll pay you like way more than the Hawks will pay. Story of our life down here in Atlanta. Um, that and losing championships. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jawan, um, what uh, what do you think? Like, like would would you rather keep Clarkson and stretch stretch Dang over a longer period of time, or just go ahead and move on from him? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I like Clarkson a lot, um, but like Joel was saying, if, if the team's ready to move on from him, uh, then you know, see what you can get for him. You know, if it's if it's something good or, or worth your while, then pull the trigger on it now. But honestly, if I was LA, I don't see the rush in getting rid of him. Um, you know, he, he definitely brings uh, some good things to the Lakers, especially coming off the bench. So I'm not in a rush to get rid of him. If someone comes and gives me something, uh, something pr- gives me a pretty good offer on them, I- I'd send them away. Yeah, see, I just like that. I agree with both you guys. I mean, it just depends. Like, like I said, it's just hard to see a team giving you something that's really of his value. Like, because there's, you know, there's the, you know, what's a player worth? Art uh, um, discussion. But then there's the real discussion of what's a player worth versus what the teams in the league actually have to offer. Um, and I think if you ask me what Clarkson's worth, even at his contract, which is about like $12 million, I think, um, it, it, like as a, as a legit scoring threat six man, I definitely feel like he's worth a late first-round pick, um, like something between 25 and 30. Um, but I just don't, I don't think that's out there. I like, it's been really hard for me to like do like various mock trades on Clarkson. He's just a really difficult player to, to calculate where he'll end up going. Um, but yeah, if you can get even like an early second rounder, if you can get something like that and you know, you, whatever contracts you take back, um, doesn't cost you too much. That's, that's, that may not be a bad idea. Um, maybe Dallas, maybe Dallas will say, yeah, we, we like him to be our sixth man. Um, and we'll give you our second rounder for him. And, you know, we have like $15 million in cap space. So we, you know, we don't even have to give you back anything. Like we'll just take him for a second rounder. Maybe, but like even that man, like the, the Dallas pick, it'd be like probably like 35, something like that. So, I mean, maybe that's worth it. The thing is, with the Lakers, they're historically great at drafting between, say, like 20 to 40. Like they usually make really – I think they took Mark Gasol with the number 48 overall pick. So, like, they're historically much better than other teams at drafting in that mid-range. So maybe that would be worth it to them. We'll see how it plays out. But speaking of, of the Lakers – uh, the Pelicans and Thunder are not looking to trade Cousins or George, uh, despite active interest from the Lakers, who it has come out this this uh, earlier this week that they would very much like to go ahead and grab one of those guys at the trade deadline. 
um, which I think is really interesting. Uh, but apparently they're not on the market. Both of the uh, Pelicans and Thunder are pretty much set on trying to re-sign them in the off season, uh, which I think you know we've discussed a, a fair amount. I think we're kind of all on board that, that OKC needs to keep Paul George because that's the difference between them being a long-shot contender and them not having any chance at all. Um, and as far as for the Pelicans, I think we're all split on Cousins. Um, like, I think, for me personally, I would definitely entertain offers on Cousins. Uh, I think, Jawan, you you said that you're kind of with me there, whereas, Joel, you you definitely think that they should keep Cousins um, because the, the, the talent and the skill that he brings is you're just not going to get enough back for him to, to make it worth trading him. Um, so what I really want to touch on here is I think this makes the Lakers look really desperate. Um, they're shopping Clarkson, they're shopping Randall, they're shopping Nance. They really want to try to get Cousins or George this year so they can already have them on their books and maybe try to sell the other one with one already being there. Um, I really think they would rather get DeMarcus Cousins because I feel like if you get DeMarcus Cousins, you can just offer him that max contract, and then that would – Paul George, I think, is the more likely person to go there voluntarily. Um, but, what it, I mean, what do you all think about that? Do you think this makes the Lakers look um, – desperate, and have they kind of shown their hand too much, Joel? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't call them desperate yet. I wouldn't call them desperate until they traded away Luol Deng with the first round pick. That would be desperation move to me. <laughs> like, oh, well, they don't, have, make room. Uh, they don't have a first round pick. So, but I could, they have no honestly, pick? I could, uh, they don't have, not, not in 2018. They have the Denver uh, second oh. round pick. Um, Future but that's, that's it. Oh, a future first. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it'd have to be 2020. I would totally trade a 2020 first round pick to get rid of Blue Out Day. Right. Well, that's what that seems like. That to me would be considered a desperation move. We'll throw in one of their young guys, even though. Yeah. See, why? Like, yeah. <laughs> if they, if they, that, you know? Yeah. See, like, if they did, like, if they were, like, Ingram, if they threw, like, if they mm-hmm. were, like, because I think Ball is the one guy who's untouchable. I don't think they're going to move Lonzo Ball at all. Um, despite you know the fact that he hasn't gotten off to the best start, he's still got so much fucking potential. And we just saw how bad they looked when he wasn't playing. Um, like right. that was when right. they had their like ten game stretch going one and nine. Um, but but yeah, okay. So you you don't think you don't think they're coming off as de- desperate just yet? Then I'm not saying they're not coming off as a little bit kind of needy, but I wouldn't call them desperate just yet, no. But their name is everywhere. Everyone expects them to get people. It's just that they're the Lakers, so there's a lot of attention put on them at the moment, but I, I wouldn't call them desperate just yet. I got you. I just feel like they've played their hand too much, and it's hurting them. It's kind of like, yeah. not not in the same respect, because they're much more professional, but it, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me a little bit of Phil Jackson in New York, just being so yeah, outspoken on wanting to get rid of Mella. Like, because here's the, and here's what I mean by that. Like, by them saying we want to go get two max guys, that means that means Randall knows he's not long for that team. It means Clarkson 
pretty much assumes he's not long for that team. Um, and now with them, like, saying we not only want to go get, uh, you know, we, don't, we not only want to go after two max free agents, but now we want to go ahead and get one. Like, now we want to pull a New York Knicks move circa Mello from Denver and trade away talent mm-hmm. to get that player instead of just being the – instead of just being the L.A. Lakers who can convince anybody to come sign. It's like, dude, you just got Magic Johnson. Why are you even – like, we all said last week, like and, – and I'm not, I'm not saying that, like – I'm not saying this to, to um, discredit your point um, of saying that you don't see the desperation like I do. I'm just saying, like, we, were, we are all in agreement that, like, them going on that losing streak – um, and, and everything shouldn't alter their, their plan too much for this season. Um, but I feel like that may be exactly what's happening. Like, they're like, man, we need to go ahead and get somebody because if we keep, like, sucking like this, we might not be able to convince two max guys to come in here. Um, so I don't know. I, I, think they're, I think they're showing that they're very desperate right now by wanting to try to go get uh, Paul George or DeMarcus Cousins at the trade deadline instead of just waiting until free agency. Um, Jawan, uh, do you see the desperation that I'm referring to, or are you more with Joel where like, it's, it's not as, as prevalent in your mind? I don't know if I'd say desperation. Uh, I'd lean to the side of they're definitely showing their hand. You're pretty much telling your fan base, Kana and Joel, I think you can speak more to this because uh, I'm sure you remember it also, but that summer LeBron mm-hmm. left Cleveland. New York was mm-hmm. all in to get LeBron. So when LeBron yep. went to Miami, we were all there like, what the fuck? Like, what are we going to do now? <laughs> and then we had to settle with an aging Amari Stoudemire, who in his first year was amazing. was amazing. But then the yeah, rest of his time there did not pan out. So, I mean, if you're yeah. the Lakers, if you're putting all your chips on DeMarcus Cousins and Paul George, and they either both respectively stay where they are or go elsewhere, what else is your fan base looking forward to? rebuilding mm-hmm. again with, with the young young core that you have and, and just building from there. Like, to me, oh, it's, you, don't, you don't really need to let us know what you want to do. When Paul George said he wanted to come to L.A., all anybody from L.A. had to say is, we'd love to have him. That is it. Not We're aggressively going to go after him. We're going to go after right. DeMarcus Cousins. Because this fan base that has been looking for winning since Kobe retired, well, since before Kobe retired, because they weren't winning since then. Kobe got hurt, uh, But at least yeah. they looked a lot better. Yeah, at least they looked a lot better uh, then than they do now. But a fan base who is so used to winning or being in a winning situation, you're now having that fan base very hyped on those two guys that the more and more I look at it, I don't believe that they're going to get both. Um, and if they do, it would be like the, the, the hugest thing in, in basketball um, but I don't even see those two guys going to the Lakers. I really don't. Um, but if, if I'm the Lakers, I'm just kind of pulling things back more, and I'm making sure I have a plan C and a plan D. Um, because right now I'm definitely showing my hand way too much. And I think that's, one of the, that's also one of the reasons why, excuse me, um, you know, these other teams feel very confident that they can uh, keep Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins respectively. So, I mean, if you're the Lakers, um, I don't know if I'd say it, it, it's desperate yet, but I, I do say it is definitely a bad thing uh, that, that, you sh- that you've shown your hand as much as they have. 
I, I kind of get what Joel is saying that when they get to that point, <laughs> it'll mm-hmm. really reek of desperation. Um, but I would say as of now, they aren't – I'll say this, Nick. They're not New York Knicks desperate. Like when they had to go to <laughs> right. although, although I, I agree do, with Juwan. <laughs> although I do in some sense uh, get why they felt as though if they didn't get mellow then, they risked him uh, possibly, um, you know, going somewhere else in, in the off. So I, I, I do get why New York had, you know, completely lost their brains and, and made that crazy decision. But that's desperation. I do not think um, – Lakers are there yet. Yeah, right. man, they gave right. up. Jared, they, they just threw it because they needed to get rid of Jared Jeffries' contract. They gave Jared Jeffries to the Rockets with a first-round pick to get back Tracy McGrady for half a season. <laughs> just open up room yeah. to, to get LeBron, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. that's I, I've been there. I know what desperation looks like. This isn't desperation just yet. People actually <laughs> want to go to LA. Gotcha. Not I, 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 you know I, I mean? feel you. I think I think yeah, you're just dealing with with like the pinnacle of desperation versus like with what y'all are talking about with the Knicks versus like the the onset. We'll say I'll call it the onset of desperation um, that that I feel like we got going on in L.A. Um, but no, I and I think I think it's funny that uh, Juwan that you bring up too. Like, what happens if they don't get either two max guys or if they don't, if they only get one of them, like what do they do? Like yada yada yada. Um, I think that might actually be why they're considering trading um, Larry Nance because Larry Nance is a free agent after next season. So if they don't get the two max guys that they want, then you're looking at okay, we got to move Larry Nance so we can open up that space so we don't have to worry about re-signing him and we can get something back in return for him. So maybe they're just getting ahead of the curve on that because they maybe don't feel like they can get two max guys. Maybe they feel like we really think we can get Paul George, but man, DeMarcus Cousins is 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 we feel like is a long shot. And you know if that's the case, then. I think you keep Luau Deng um, because, you know, why would you stretch – why would you not let him go into the final year of his contract before you stretch him if you're not going to get a max player anyway? Um, you trade Larry Nance, and then uh, you go after your other big free agent in 2019 because Larry Nance is your only other player who's coming up, you know, to, to uh, whose contract is coming up. Because um, Kuzma still got three years after this year, Ball still got three years, uh, Ingram still got two. So I think that's I think that's your plan C, if you will, um, is like if you either only get one or, or you know maybe m- miss on both. I think you, you you basically try you know for another year of this. Let's see, let's overpay guys for one season, like you know, Contavious called Will Pope, um, and hope that, you know, we can make a splash in 2019. Maybe we can convince Clay Thompson to come in here. Like, I, you know, I, I seriously doubt Clay Thompson's going to leave the Warriors. But, um, uh-huh. but you know, you just I go do. after those guys in 2019. Maybe, uh, well, no, nah, I mean, you wouldn't want Kemba Walker because he's, uh, he's a point guard. But, um, right. but yeah. I mean, 
I just I, I look at it to where it's like, you know, if, if I'm the Lakers, I'm going to take what I call the, the Joel uh, approach. You hope for okay. the best, but prepare for the worst. So if, if it yeah. doesn't happen to where you don't get either one of the guys, I just don't want them to pull a New York Knicks. And I'm sorry I keep going to that. It's like when you've seen that bad of a, of a transition of, oh, we hope for LeBron, but yeah. – settled with Amari and then never was able to to grow anything from that. So I'm just if you're the Lakers, mm-hmm. you have a lot of young talent that you can grow with. So let your plan B or, or plan C rather be something that can help contribute to helping those young guys grow more. Whether if that's a, a sturdy veteran uh, presence that you can place in there that can help with defense or scoring or whatever. Just have a, a a plan C that makes sense and that can, you know, keep the Lakers just, you know, competitive so that maybe the year after somebody might go, you know what, I do like what I've seen with the growth of this team. Uh, you know, let me head over there if those two guys don't. So it's just one of those things right. where it's just like I don't want them to put all their eggs in one basket. And then when right. nobody grabs the eggs, <laughs> you're now looking for anyone to take those eggs. So I, I, just, right, I right. don't want them to get to that level of desperation. So just have a plan C because you, you have something the Knicks didn't, which is a core young group of talent that you can definitely build your franchise around going forward. Exactly, exactly. Right, and that's the thing. You don't have to, like, if you don't hit a home run in free agency or, or two home runs, like we'll just say if you don't hit a grand slam in free agency, then it's not the end of the world. Like, I mean – that's the thing. They have so much good young talent on that team right now um, that you just have to give time to. Um, so, like, while I, I definitely think if you can get Paul George and you can get, uh, you know, um, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, fuck yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and do it. Like, why would you turn down that kind of talent? But if you don't get them, um, like – don't don't set yourself up thinking that you're definitely going to get them and then be in a position to not, like, where you may not get them. So that's why I'm saying, like, hold on to Clarkson. Like, yes, go ahead and trade Randall because regardless of whether they signed, you don't want him on your books the next four years. So go ahead and trade Randall. Um, but keep Nance and keep Clarkson for the time being. I just think that that's just the way I see it. That's what I, that's what I would uh, – that's what I would tell Magic Johnson if I was his, uh, you know, conciliere. Uh, well, I was trying to get all Godfather. Yeah, there you go. That's how you pronounce it. Um, I, I got to brush up on my Godfather, man. Jesus. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, Detroit, New Orleans, New York, and Portland uh, are atop the long list of teams looking to upgrade their wing positions to bolster their playoff chances. Um, I, I – before I ask y'all, because I, I really just want to know what each of you, like, who each of you, like, who do you have your eye on as a New York Knicks fan? Um, but I did see an interesting trade uh, proposal, and I think it was just one of those, like, Bleacher Report uh, articles. Uh, it, was somebody, it was something that someone shared on, on the, one of the Atlanta Hawks pages that I follow. Um, they proposed a trade of Bazemore and Babbitt, um, to the Portland Trailblazers for Myers Leonard, Ed Davis, who's on an expiring contract. Uh, and mind you, Myers Leonard is about 
six or seven million dollars less than Bazemore uh, for the same amount of seasons, um, plus a uh, top sixteen protected first round pick and the L.A. Lakers 2019 second round pick. Um, I like. I like kind of sat back in my seat for a minute and was just like, "Damn, well, yeah." It's, I mean, if they want to give us all that for Kent Bazemore, but uh, that seems like an awful lot to give away for Kent Bazemore, especially when it's going to raise the salary on an already uh, luxury tax team. Um, but anyway, uh, I I don't know. I just saw that shortly before we started the show, and I, I thought I would share. And maybe it's preparation for uh, for a mock trade, uh, you know, later on down the line. Um, but anyway, uh, who did – oh, and uh, one thing of note, Detroit is actively pursuing Evan Fournier. That's, that's like the guy they want for some reason. I guess that's really? the guy they want who they feel like they can get. He can shoot, man. Um, he can shoot. Yeah, I mean, he can't shoot. He's also making $17 million a year um, for the next four years. Um, so it's like – you know, like, what are you going to, like, do you want to pay that? Like, I, uh, I don't know. Um, but you're right. He can shoot, He and he's versatile. He can play the two. He can play the three. He's not a terrible mm-hmm. defender. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's a good player. I, I definitely like Evan Fournier. He was on my fantasy team the year he, like, had his breakout season. Um, like I picked mm-hmm. him up like middle of the season and dude, he helped me out big time. So I got a special place in my heart for Evan Fournier. Um, but <laughs> anyway, guys, who do, who do you want to see your Knicks go after? Cause that's what I, I'm really interested, uh, in, in hearing about, uh, Joel. I'm actually more interested to hear what Joel has to say first. Okay. Just so I can like, re- re- rebound off of that. Sounds <laughs> okay. good. Juan, who, um, who do you want? I know. I know one of the guys is the guy I know the Knicks wanted when he was a free agent. I've always loved the idea of having Wesley Matthews on this team, especially because we know that um, uh, two guys that, you know, have like are generating any interest <laughs> coming from the Knicks locker room is a wild side of Przingis. It's Courtney Lee and uh, Kyle O'Quinn. So if you're getting rid of a Courtney Lee, um, I've always said the Knicks' biggest weakness is, is a three. Um, they kind of have, like, you know, good guys from every other position, uh, at least in the starting lineup. So I always thought uh, adding in a piece like Wesley Matthews would be really good. What about Hardaway? Uh, huh? What about Hardaway? Doesn't he, hasn't he been playing that three for you guys? Well, really that's because we have Courtney three. Lee. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, we'd be getting rid of Courtney Lee and O'Quinn. Oh, so bring so you in remove Wesley him Matthews would definitely help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, because yeah. he should be playing the two. I agree. That's 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 exactly where I'm coming from. That that's showing you that the Knicks do not have a three. That's why they have to play Courtney Lee and, and Hardaway right. the way that they do. Um, right. And Lance is really good coming off the bench, especially as a defender. But lately, he's been uh, between uh, uh, the three and the four. If, if I'm not mistaken, right, Joel? He's between the three and the four. Yeah. A lot more three because yeah, okay. he can get in the perimeter, but yeah, he can play right. both. Right. Yeah. Um, so Wesley Wesley Matthews, excuse me, I, I don't know why he stuck a tash. Um, Wesley Matthews is definitely a guy I would love the Knicks to uh, to at least uh, you know talk to Dallas about because I, uh, I, I, I don't, definitely think you could I get him. Think, I mean, I, was I just think about to say prob- that I don't think the Knicks would have to sell too much. Um, no. To, to get him, I, I don't honestly, think you'd have to give the I, farm to get him. 
No, I mean I you own the um you picked up the the uh Bulls second rounder in the in the mm-hmm. um Carmelo trade. So I feel like you could easily give up the Bulls second rounder and like a player you don't want that you know the Clippers would be willing to take because um, Wesley Matthews or um, I'm sorry Wesley uh, uh, Johnson is Matthews. that his name Matthews no yeah. Wes Matthews no Wesley Matthews oh you want okay so you Dallas. want Wesley Matthews I mean he's a two though Wesley like from Dallas yeah, he is. Nah, he's a he's yeah a, he's a he's two. kind of a three like, yeah he's a two no but he's, he's a, a two he's like six five and he. Small ball, he'll play three, like Courtney Lee, but and he's, he's like seventeen million dollars. Like, I mean, granted, he's he's entering the last year of his contract next season, so like that yeah. would could could be a benefit too. Um, sorry, I thought you he's were. He's a three in Dallas. Johnson, because he's he, yeah, because they play really guys. small. Because they they the play biggest, like yeah. four point guards. The, the biggest reason why <laughs> right? I said the biggest reason why I said Wesley Matthews is because uh, your question was. Um, uh, you know, you were saying that those teams are looking for looking upgrades up? in the wing positions and who can bolster the playoff chances. Wesley right. Matthews can yeah. add a lot to this Knicks team, and uh, having an expiring contract comes off. So if it doesn't work right. out or, you know, it's not everything yeah. you want well, it to be, comes off, and you move yeah. on from it. Yeah, I, I mean, I still feel like you play him at the two and play Hardaway at the three, but, I mean, they're really interchangeable. And, yeah, I mean, if you're trading O'Quinn, who, I mean, you can easily have Hernan Gomez fill in under his minutes. And uh, who else did you say? You said um, uh, Courtney Lee. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe you could get away with giving them a second-round pick for for that. Like, cause, I mean, that Bulls pick will be a pretty valuable second-round pick. So that, that's not a – that's actually a pretty conceivable trade. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I don't necessarily know that they would go for it because – uh, Courtney Lee has the extra year, um, but God, man, they could definitely use a center because Nerlens Noel is just like for whatever reason, like they don't play him, they don't like playing him. So like getting Kyle Quinn would be huge for them too, um, you know, just in the sense of having a body to like throw we'll in take there. Nerland. Like, well, yeah, I'm sure you would. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of teams will take we'll Nerlens. Um, yeah, like, let's say throw him in there and y'all throw them Dougie McBuckets, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll go away Dougie yeah. at yeah. this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I did not like that addition. When OKC got him, and then when y'all got him, I was like, man, well, yeah, that's I mean, just, I, that's I just will, to make the money I will work say right this. There. I will say this really quickly before you pass it to Joel. Um, he has his moments. Like, he has moments he where you're like, yeah, that guy yeah, is nice. And then there's other nights where you're just like, yeah, no, send him back to OKC. So, I mean, he's one of those gamble players. I, I think he's still he finding his confidence after being traded, uh, you know, as, as few times as he has three times in, 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 his, in, his in his year. Career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah so I think he got traded three times in less than a year. A blow. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, he has I, had a game this year where he dropped 22. So, I mean, he has it in him. He just doesn't show it consistently. Yeah, yeah that's I, a problem. I kind of feel like. You, you remember, like, Draymond telling Paul Pierce, like, you ain't Kobe, bro? Like, I kind of feel like that's the same kind of thing with Dougie McBuckets. It's like, you ain't Corver, bro. Like, you're not. You're not yeah. Kyle Corver. You're never yeah. going to be Kyle Corver. Like, just, yeah. sorry, but you're not. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Joel, what, 
do you, do you like the Wesley Matthews deal, and who who might you uh, target? Um, I haven't really paid attention to who's available because I'm I'm more in the moment. Like right now, I'm focused on possibly picking up Trey Burke from the G League. Now that's important that we get that someone like that because that's what it makes me. Yeah, right now. And I'm not saying it has to be a trade. League. Like, yeah, if you want right. to get Trey Burke, like. I mean, that's that's looking likely. That looks like that's going to happen sooner rather than later. So that's the one thing right now I'm focused on in terms of right now can help. And then, of course, Tim will come back healthy and all that extra bullshit. But what I really want, um, obviously, I would love to find a young three we can probably help develop that's maybe out there. I'm just not sure who would be. Sam Decker. You know, Sam Decker. I don't know if he is a, a, a three in the future. You know what I mean? Maybe. Oh, uh, you think he forward. might be a fourth? Yeah, he could yeah, be. And like he plays both forward. positions. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's real you know skinny. What he's real skinny, but I mean, I could. Yeah. Have, I mean, he's like six eight, six nine. So like, yeah. I mean, right. and he's and he's he's white, so he's slow footed. So like, you probably <laughs> yeah, you probably want to put him at the four. Like, you that's got, probably you a better game player on my, on my team. So, but there's <laughs> one player. Someone threw out the uh, the other day, and I'm like, I guess I just don't know if we have the assets to pull it off. I'm just like, I wouldn't mind picking him up, um, Julius Randall. I'm like, I wouldn't mind picking up Julius Randall. I think he'd fit real good next to Porzingis, you know, because I'm not sure if Enos is the future at center, and if they can like play him and uh, Randall together and like have a four or five combo like that, it might work out because he's more of a combo guy anyway. Right, and yeah, I. I actually I kind of do like that because I think I think Randall like and that's kind of what I said too is like you just want to have the right fit for Randall, um, but mm-hmm. I think next to Przingis because Przingis can spread the floor, but then he doesn't have the like rebounding body, um, but he's got the shot blocking length. So like if you mm-hmm. paired that with Julius Randall, yeah, that would be that would actually be really good. Um, I, again, yeah, I don't know if you have the assets to pull it off. Um, I mean, obviously you'd have to give, you'd have to send them that Bulls pick. Um, and then like, but that's the thing, man, like who, like who knows what Randall's going to fetch. We all thought like at the end of last season, like surely, you know, uh, Philly will get a first round pick for, for Nerland's Noel. And it ended up being right. that they got two second rounders and Justin Anderson, who is a solid like ninth man on a team, but like by no means a game changer. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I mean, he he definitely helped them out uh, in the sense of they have a lot of injuries, and he's a plug and play guy. Like he can play two, he can play three, um, and he it, when he plays, he brings it. Um, but but nevertheless, so like. You know, if you sent them, say, uh, you know, Doug McDermott, uh, an expiring contract, um, cut a little bit of payroll for them, um, and I think about maybe a little less than a million dollars. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's around $3.3 million. I think Randall's around $4.1 um, So you may have I – think, I think if you included another second rounder, which – I don't – I know the Knicks are very devoid of their own second-round picks because they sent a shit <laughs> ton, ton of them away. Um, 
Like, I don't think they have a second-round pick until, like, 2022 of their own. Um, but maybe they have another team's second-round pick other than the Bulls that they could send that way. I mean, it really just depends. It depends, like, to me, with Randall, it's like the Lakers really need to move Randall. Like, they, they just have to do it. Um, so, if, you know, McDermott and a quality second-rounder and then maybe a way-down-the-line second-rounder is enough to do it, like, yeah. I mean, I I do think Randall would pair very well with, with Porzingis. That much I, I, I do I, agree with. I did want to ask Joel, um, in getting Randall, are you saying you want to trade away cancer or keep cancer and see what else you can trade away to get Randall? Uh, I wouldn't mind keeping cancer. I'm just, I was just okay. throwing it out there as a – no, I mean, no, no, if we no, had no. to, I, I, like uh, it. I would think about it. I, just... I like it. I just, my biggest issue with Porzingis is, um, is uh, he's not aggressive on the rebound. That's why I thought Cancer was right. the perfect person to pair up with, with KP. Um, and I don't right. see Randall being that aggressive rebounder either. Oh, so he's um, a pretty aggressive I, rebounder. I think, well, Cantor's averaging yeah, he kinda, is he's averaging not like Cantor. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's like Cantor just right. many people are. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I think well, Cantor, too, saying. like, Cantor is most impressive in a league in which offensive rebounding is, like, almost become, like, a, a lost skill. Like, Cantor gets you offensive rebounds. Like, that is that is the best thing about Cantor. Yeah, yeah that's true. That was the, – the reason why I was asking that, Joel, was because um, watching the Knicks, I look at them and I go – this this isn't like a bad team. Now, mind you, it's not Golden State, but it's not a bad team. Their issue is consistency, and consistency from scoring is their biggest issue. So if we got Randall, the biggest or issue is penetration. They can't get. Well, yeah, they can't well, that, no that too. Yeah, that too. Um, but my biggest thing is okay, if we get Randall, or even if, if you know they got my pick of Wesley Matthews. I don't want you to think I'm I'm picking on your pick. Either one of those guys, can they come in and be a – because we don't need it necessarily a fix. I believe when Hardaway gets back, that'll that'll help the offense a lot more. Um, but can, yeah, they be a consistent, so can they be a consistent help on a night-to-night basis? Like, Cantor, even though he's not going to get you 15 or 20, he's getting you 10 rebounds a game. So that's a, cons- that's a consistent part of the, uh, the offense that we have. So can one of those guys come in and be consistent for the Knicks? enough to get us back in the playoff picture that we are currently not in. So that's, that's my biggest thing when I, when I look at it like that, um, you know, between the two picks that we both, that we both brought up. But I, I do really I would, like your – I did want to just mention, I really did like your Randall pick. Well, and I would, I would say this. The, the reason I think why I like Randall so much, um, not just because – not just because you're looking to replace Can- Cantor um, – which long term I think you are. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily yeah. think you you I'm resign Cantor. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you resign Cantor. I mean, he's still young though. Like Cantor is like only like twenty four, twenty five years old. He's not old. Right. Um, he's not but old. But like, but he's old right. school. Right. But here's. <laughs> yeah. But and that's what we all love about him. Um. But here's here's it's an interesting true. thing to think about that I think why Randall helps a lot. Randall can play both the four and the five, um, which means Randall can give you minutes when, you know, KP is only going to play 70 games a season. And Cantor is – he's 
not necessarily injury prone, um, but he's dealt with back problems for most of his career. They've never really kept him off the floor for like super long periods of time. Um, but just having like another guy in the system, if you don't have to give up somebody who's a quality contributor um, on your lineup, like say if you if you basically were like, all right, we'll give you Doug McDermott and two second round picks, um, like that's that's a steal. Like that that would definitely be something good to bolster to bolster the roster. Granted, I think with Matthews, you don't have to give up as much. Um, in order to get him. Um, but again, still the thing with Matthews, um, like I, I, I do like it and I like it mostly for financial reasons because he's a free agent after next season. Whereas with Courtney Lee, he's got two more years after next season. Um, mm-hmm. But like, he's still old. So at least like, at least with Randall, you're getting, you're giving up more, but you're getting a, a younger player who you can keep for longer. Um, but hey, why not? Well, no, you couldn't do both. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you, you definitely don't have the assets to do both. I'll just we'll say that. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Um, the Hawks, my Hawks, would like to bolster their draft picks by trading veterans. Uh, Marco Bellinelli, Kent Bazemore, and Ursan Ilyasova. Um, I don't think this is any surprise, especially not to Hawks fans. We got the worst record in the league. We're obviously looking to tank. Um, I, uh, I I definitely like this. I think honestly, I think they should be including uh, Dwayne Dedman in in this group of players because I think Dwayne Dedman will have probably more value than any one of those three players. Um, he's, he's a paint protector. He can block shots. He gets rebounds. He's shooting 45% from three. 45% from three. And he shoots 1.53s a game. Like, it's not like he's just, you know, shot like a couple threes here or there. Like, he's, he's making $6 million this year. Um, he's going to opt out. Like he he's got a player option next year for I think like seven million or maybe like six point five or something like that. Like he's gonna opt out because he's gonna want to get paid. But like a, a like a true center who can who's shooting forty five percent from three. He's shooting seventy two percent from the line, um, which isn't bad for a big man. Um, like I I think that would be. A, super, super valuable trade asset that, that the Hawks have to consider trading. Um, so I'm a little surprised that we didn't, like, hear his name in the in the Woj report. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple things. I think um, Bazemore, moving Bazemore is going to be really tricky. I think potentially you could construct a deal around Bazemore for Gorgie Jang. Um, and then some kind of draft consideration for the Hawks. Um, Gorgie Jang, he is uh, owed about $8 million more over the course of his contract because he's got four years compared to Bazemore's three, but he's about 2 to $3 million less per year. Um, so that might be something that, that the Hawks, if, if whatever picks were, were thrown in were enough to kind of you know, make it worth their while. But we certainly know, um, 
Like, they have not used Gorgie Zhang right at all this year. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, you know, Tibbs just having this this blind preference for, for Tosh Gibson. Um, and, I, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I dislike Tosh Gibson. Um, I just I don't necessarily think Tosh Gibson's better than Gorgie Zhang. Like, he's probably mm-hmm. more... Um, more, more fundamentally maybe. sound, um, in which that's the kind of thing that Tibbs likes. That's probably the best way. To Reliable, it. yes, yes. Whereas, whereas Jane, like, you know, just just committed a turnover, um, like literally <laughs> on live television, he just committed a turnover. Um, but uh, but I mean, I I think Jane he, he has a he has a shot. Like I think he shot around thirty. Five percent from three last season, uh, maybe even a little higher than that. I can't remember exactly. Um, I was too busy remembering my Deadman stats. Um, but uh, but I mean, he's he's a versatile player. I mean, I think, um, and he's not too old. He's not too. He's not very young either. But he's not. He's not. You know, um, a really old guy. Um, so I think that could work. I think uh, um, probably the most like realistic trade as far as what I think the other team would accept um, for the Hawks would probably be if you were to package, uh, well, first of all, the Celtics have a roughly $8 million player option, um, uh, or excuse me, player exception uh, because of the that, um, Gordon Hayward tri- um, uh, injury. Um, so if you were to package, there's, there's a lot of rules surrounding that player exception, um, the main one being, they can they can trade with it, but they can't trade for a player that is on anything more than a one year deal. Um, so whether that be um, a team option, a player option, anything anything other than a straight up one year deal, they can't trade for. Um, and I, I'm not positive about this, but I don't think they get their bird rights um, with with the trade. So that makes things a little difficult. But I think if the Hawks were willing to send the Celtics Deadman, basically Deadman for Marcus Morris, and then throw in Bellinelli on the player exception, uh, I definitely think the Celtics would give them a first-round pick for that. Their first-round pick, which currently sits at like 29, because um, getting just getting Deadman alone, um, it would allow you to play Al Horford much more at the four because um, you could just play Deadman at your five who can still spread the floor and then is still a big body um, and you can bring Baines off the bench. Um, and then, you know, as far as Ilyasova, I, I don't really see a big market for him. Um, I think at best you're going to find somebody who will give you like a second rounder um, and wants an expiring contract of $6 million. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see a huge market. Maybe if you pair him with one of the other guys, that could be enough to to where you can get kind of a deal done. Um, but uh, finally, I want to throw out my favorite of any of these trades. I would love to send uh, Bazemore to New Orleans for Solomon Hill, uh, who you know obviously has been out for the whole season with a very, very, very bad injury. Um, there are some reports that I read lately that he could be back in March, um, late March. Um, but 
you know, that's just speculation at this point. Um, Alexia Gincha, um, who uh, is out for the season at this point um, with his injury. Uh, so you're, you're giving up two players who are out for the season. Um, and then you're sitting Tim Bazemore, who obviously helps your wing. Uh, uh, you cut a million dollars in your salary uh, as far as um, your, your payroll for the Pelicans. And uh, so you would send back uh, a 2019 first-round pick, lottery pro- – or actually top 10 protected, not lottery protected, top 10 protected. Um, and if that pick does not convey within the first year, then it becomes two second-rounders. Essentially, the, the way that I constructed this trade was you're, you're trading away two players who are hurt and are not contributing to your team. For Bazemore, he's currently shooting 39% from three. He's a far above average wing defender. Um, he can absolutely play the three. He can be your starting small forward. I mean, that's what he was um, when the mm-hmm. Hawks had uh, Kyle Korver. Uh He was the starting small forward. Um, and he's still young. He's, he's far overpaid. There's no argument there. Um, but so is Solomon Hill. Alexia Gentia is fucking useless. Um, and by giving up a 2019 first-round pick instead of a 2018 first-round pick, two things. One, if you lose to Marcus Cousins and your pick is top 10 protected in 2019, you're not going to have to convey a first-round pick. You're going to have to convey two second-round picks. Um, and uh, you also have the benefit of, regardless of whether you do resign or don't resign to Marcus Cousins, you get to keep your 2018 picks, so you get to bolster your wing roster through the draft with that 2018 pick. Um, I threw this out in, in, in for the uh, uh, on my Atlanta Hawks page. Um, some liked it, some hated it, some thought I was fucking stupid. Uh, but, you know, obviously you're dealing with a bunch of fans of the team who think that Kent Bazemore is worth way more than he is. Uh, so let me just pass it to both of y'all real quick. Joel, do you think that's a reasonable trade on, on my part? Mm, say so, right? based on how you explained it. Huh? For whom? The, the Baysmore and for the two players that never no, played. No, no, I know, but Solomon. but you're you're saying no on behalf of whom? The Hawks or the the Pelicans? I'm saying, I mean, for I think it works for both teams now, but then uh, you brought in picks, and every time you bring in picks, I'm a little sketchy, especially when there's <laughs> no assurance what's going to happen in the future, and you want to give away the future, and I just I'm very you know thing with that, so. Um, but then the way you broke it down, I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's a large. My, my thing is, I think, I think you're you're giving the the Pelicans a large safety net, um, because you're basically saying, yeah. like, we want your 2019 first rounder if you keep mm-hmm. Demarcus Cousins, and if you don't keep Demarcus Cousins and you're not a good team, then we'll take two second rounders. Um, okay. And we're and we're cutting your salary for the next two years. Granted, in the third year, you're actually paying more because by that point, Alexia Gentia is off the books, and Solomon Hill is about four million dollars less than Bazemore. Um, so, like, 
overall you're paying out more in salary, but you're saving money the next two years, um, mm-hmm. especially next year when you're going to be, uh, if you do resign to Marcus Cousins, you're going to be in the um, luxury tax. Uh, you're going to be wavering on it. You know, you're going to be very fucking close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's why I liked it uh, after you explained that and did all that. And I'm like, all right, I like that. <laughs> I can live with that, and I think it would work for both. Atlanta wants to suck, so let them have two players they're not going to play and eat that money, and then have uh, New Orleans have a player that's at least productive, you know, and can play the three, can play the two, and is a wing, something they desperately need. So I do like the trade. Awesome. I'm glad. Uh, Jawan, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> what definitely uh, got me was the idea of uh, – Bazemore going there helping them out. I think one of Pelicans' biggest issues is um, they can never really rest both big men at the same time because you'd have absolutely no scoring. So maybe with Bazemore, uh, Bazemore maybe Holiday, maybe them uh, running the floor um, can maybe give DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis maybe both a little bit of a chance to rest together before inevitably one of them has to come back in. Uh, so I definitely think it could definitely uh, help them out a lot, and it definitely works for it, uh, for Atlanta also. Yeah, well, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, to me, it, it raises payroll over the next two years for the Hawks, but it does cut about $6 million total in payroll um, uh, because Achincha is only signed through next season. Um, and, like – I don't know. I, I think if you can get either, like, if you're the Hawks, if you can get, like, a uh, like a first-rounder that falls between 11 to 20, which is what you'd be looking at. Um, and, I, and I said top 10 protected, you know, just in case, like, because, I mean, there's a chance that even if the Pelicans keep DeMarcus Cousins, like, that they might not make the playoffs given various circumstances. I mean, they're sitting at the eighth seed right now. Um, so if I'm the Hawks, I wouldn't want it to be lottery protected. I wouldn't want top ten protected because I would feel comfortable that the Pelicans aren't going to be – if they keep Cousins, they're not going to be in the bottom ten of the league, right? Um, right. But, it, like, with me, it's like if they keep if they keep DeMarcus Cousins, you get, you know, a, a relatively middle-of-the-road quality first-round pick. Um, and if they don't keep Cousins, then you get two pretty good – like probably at least I would say top 40 um, second round picks. So I, I don't know. I think it would be a good deal for the Hawks. Um, I would I would actually really like to see that deal go through. Um, uh, a lot of Hawks fans think I'm retarded though. So we'll <laughs> we'll see we'll see what we end up getting for Bazemore. Um, you know, uh, down the line, he he's definitely upped his game um, over the last month. So hopefully that'll you know drive the trade value up a little bit. I will say this: if you can get that Portland deal that I, I said was being proposed by like Bleacher Report or whatever website it was earlier, like definitely take that over this deal. But um, I don't I don't think there's any chance of that that Portland deal happening. Um, but anyway, let's move on. I've babbled on enough about my Hawks. Um, the Bulls still plan to trade Nikola Mirotic. Before the trade deadline, Portland, Detroit, and Utah are reported front runners. They have shown the most interest thus far. Um, obviously, they they 
they basically said they were going to trade Mirosich um, because Mirosich requested the trade, and they said, sure, we'll trade you when we can. Um, they have to wait until January 14th, I believe, because he was an existing player that they re-signed. Um, so, but there's, there's, there's talks. Apparently, talks are heating up between the Jazz and the uh, Bulls. Uh, and basically, the trade would revolve around Derek Favors, um, who's on an expiring contract, uh, and uh, Miritich, and there's some draft consideration that's possibly involved. Um, there's no specification on who would be giving what as far as draft picks. Um, as far as Miritich, where would you like to see him land, uh, and what do you think that the Bulls could actually get back for him, Joel? And and, and um, furthermore, do I, you do you like do you like them taking back? Um, uh, shit, what's his name from Utah? Hmm. Yes. Okay. I will say. <laughs> uh, that's the one. That's the one thing that caught me off guard was the whole Derek Favors I, prospect. I liked him with Favors because without uh, Rudy Gobert, it put a. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like ah, well, they fit with Favors. His Favors is their starting center, and if you lose Favors and you're not getting a center back, you'd have to play. Um, can't remember his name at the moment, but you'd have to play him to be the starter, which is not a bad center. Right, Udo. Udo would be your starter, and which is again not bad, but not favors either. And I, but I always said, I said at the beginning of the year, I'm not sure if favors' future is in. Um, oh, Utah, I definitely don't think too. it's in Utah. No, I don't. It isn't. But I here's the thing, so. though. Favors, um, favors is another one of those old school guys who thinks he's a power forward, but he's not. Like, yeah, yeah. dude, in today's NBA, you are not a power forward. You're a center, bro. Like, embrace it. It's true. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I I totally agree. Some people just take for a while to for that to sink in. <laughs> like Melo took him fifty. Still doesn't like understand it, but um, it just takes a while for that kind of stuff to sink in. And I think Derek Favors. I think the trade works because I think he fits on the Jazz, but more so with Favors than without Favors. Um, right. Because right now I think they've been starting Tabo Stavolosad power forward, and I'm like, that's yeah, fucking see, weird. But you know, if I'm if I'm the Bulls. I'm down with trading him to Utah, um, mm-hmm. but what I would want, I would want Joe Johnson um, because Joe Johnson's on an mm-hmm. expiring contract. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's not going to go out there like he's not the Joe Johnson of old, um, so you can just plug and play him for 15 minutes a game to take up space, um, and he fills a, he could play the two, he can play the three, um, so he at least fills out your roster better for a team that's so devoid of wing help, especially at the three. Um, but I, with Joe Johnson, I'm letting you keep favors so you can maybe trade favors somewhere else or keep him or do whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a, a lottery-protected first-rounder, you know, or maybe when, now that's, that's probably more like give me give me a second-rounder or two, you know, for, for How long is really supposed to uh, when I initially heard the report, I think it was six to eight weeks, but I think that was like a month ago. Um, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but like definitely, like you said, like if Rudy's out, like you 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 really really need favors. 
Yeah, you do. And that's what I mean. Like, you're trying to, the reason you're getting married is just because you want to try to make the playoffs and you lose favorites right. and kind of lose one of your main big pieces. And now, if Rudy was healthy, that's a completely different story. <laughs> like, right. let him go. Because um, he's just not, he's going to fit but, there anymore. But, but the um, thing for me, too, is like, with the Bulls, if, if you're going, like, with the Bulls, you're like, just give me something back you don't want. You know, like, give me something back you don't want and give me draft, like, draft stock. Um, and I, I just can't mm-hmm. – it, it's weird to me that, like, Derek Favors is in the mix because I don't feel like with for the Bulls, like, you're not going to re-sign Derek Favors. I mean, you, you have Larry like Markinen, you have Bobby Portis, you have – and then as far mm-hmm. as at the five, you have uh, Lopez. And, I mean, unless, you, unless you're going to trade Robin Lopez, yeah, if you tell right. me you're going to trade Robin gives Lopez. them the opportunity. Yeah, it gives them the option to trade Robin Lopez if they want, if they get favors. That's true. Because at least, that, you know, That's favors true. could be their center, you know, as long as he embraces it. <laughs> he could be their center. Right. But what yeah, was the other option true. aside from Utah? Uh, Detroit, um, which I really I like Detroit. Really I'm like not sure. Detroit. I do because – I like Granite, Detroit. Like, I don't know if I like him in Detroit. No, mm-hmm. I do because he he can spread the floor, um, mm-hmm. and so if you have Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, and Nikola Mirotic, like surrounding the floor, um, and then mm-hmm. I mean right now Reggie Jackson's hurt, so you got Ish Smith running the lineup. But I mean I I don't know I kind of think Ish Smith's arguably a, a better point guard than uh, at least a better true point guard than Reggie Jackson. Reggie he Jackson's is. he's too. a better yes, pure point. Guard. I've liked Ish Smith yes, a very is. long time. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I, I'm real. I'm real keen on him, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's a lot of good force spreading around Andre Drummond, which I think is what you want. And the thing is, you have Tolliver, um, and Tolliver can spread the floor. Um, but then, I honestly, the only way I think it happens is if the Bulls are willing to take back John Luer, who's on his mm-hmm. like ten like ten million dollar a year contract for the next three years, including this year. So, like, two years after this year. Um, and are you willing to take John Luer? Um And if so, mm-hmm. what are you going to get back? Like, I'll take John Luer if you give me a first-round pick. Um, if I'm Detroit, I don't know if I want to give up a first-round pick, even if I get to move John Luer, um for Nikola Mirotic. Like, he's been playing great. It's just like, do you do – you, Think that it is will be sustained. Do you think if he if he if he plays as well as he's been playing, I would make that deal. I don't think he's going to be able to keep that up. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, but now that you mentioned it, it's actually not not a bad trade, I guess. I mean, not trade. Um, yeah, it's not a bad move for Detroit. Now that I think about it, that's a good point. I do now like it more than I did when we first started talking about it. But I just thought yeah. it would be a bigger help to Portland or uh, Utah. But, yeah, Detroit's not a bad choice either. Yeah, Portland would make a lot of sense. Um, again, it just depends on, like, I don't know what, what you really want for Miritich. Like, I feel like at best, you, you're going to get, like, a – unless you just take on a phenomenally bad contract, which the Bulls could do. Um, mm-hmm. They have plenty of cap space to take on a bad contract. Um, I think they would much rather take on a bad two-year deal than a bad three-year deal, though. Um, like, I think that would that could potentially be a deal-breaker. Um, 
but I, I do think that uh, I I think that depending on what you take back is going to depend on your pick, and I think that at best your pick's going to be a. I I think asking for a mid first rounder is way too high um, for a guy like Meritish, even if you take back a bad contract. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe not, but it, that would be a supremely great trade for Chicago if they could trade Miritich for John Luer in a in Detroit's first round pick. Um, I mean, you're talking about like what number seventeen, eighteen, nineteen overall pick, like that. Yeah, that would be a really good trade for them. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would give that up if I'm if I'm a uh, Detroit Stan Van Gundy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know um, either. It, yeah, it's just tough. I mean, it's tough to like plot out who has what picks and what can you know. But uh, yeah, I, I like Portland. I had a, a, there was another one. Oh, uh, I kind of like Brooklyn. Um, and I don't, I don't know what Brooklyn would be willing to give up either. Um, but Brooklyn's in a win now mode, and if you could get, <laughs> if you could get Miritich on that team. Um, I feel like you probably have to give up Hollis Jefferson and then somebody to make the money work. But maybe you could get away with not having to give up a pick if you gave him Hollis Jefferson. Because I, like, I think Hollis Jefferson is a really good player. Um, I, don't know. I think it, there's there's certainly the possibility that he's he's looks better than he is because he's placed on the Nets. Um, but you know you can obviously Demari Carroll can play the three. That's what he played most of his career. Um, so you know if if you want to make a playoff run, you give up him and maybe Jeremy Lin, somebody who's hurt, who you don't really have any interest in keeping, you know, long term, um, and not give up any picks. Like yeah, maybe that that, that might be something. Um, but Jawan, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, you pretty much hit. I, my pick was going to be, excuse me, Portland. Uh, I think that'd be huge for Portland. I don't know uh, what necessarily, if you're Chicago, what you want in return. Um, but I just just the way Portland's been playing, especially without Lillard lately, um, I think Miritic. And what helps is, let's say if Miritic can't score at the high clip that he's scoring at right now. If he can just get that Portland team at least, I'd say maybe 10, 15 a night, that would help out a lot uh, right. for that team. Um, so I think he could really help them uh, in their playoff push um, and, you know, heading into the, the, the postseason. I think that would be a great pickup for them if they can make that work and keep uh, some of their better assets. Um, but yeah, uh, Lillard, McCollum, uh, Miritic, and uh, Jokic or Yo- whatever his name is. I, I, I keep saying his name. Nurkic. 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 God bless you. Everybody's going to confuse Jokic with Nurkic forever because they played on the same team for two years. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that would be huge for them. Uh, I'm not saying uh, Trailblazers would, would come out of the West, but that team would definitely uh, uh, be vastly improved from where they are now. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and I think I I believe they own the better second rounder between the Lakers and the um, Timberwolves for 2019. Um, so depending on what offers the Bulls get, maybe the Bulls try to gamble and say the Lakers aren't going to get one of those big, you know, free agents, and maybe that 2019 pick will be pretty good. Um, and so they say, well, if you send us Ed Davis's expiring contract and a guy like, I don't know, Al Farouk Aminu, who, you know, is at least a valuable player, um, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's, I think any one of those teams have the assets to get Miritich, it's just which team can outbid the other. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I, I definitely do. I, I, it's just, you know, you have to, and as far as the Bulls, you have to just decide what's the best deal for you. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think he would be a huge improvement to any one of those teams. Um, and Portland, I definitely think he would – I think he would – I honestly think he would fit in best in Utah. But just like Joel said, I, I think I, – I don't understand the the notion of trading favors. Like, I feel like you want to keep – even if you don't want to re-sign favors, if your goal is to make the playoffs – then you keep favors for this year, and then you worry about next year when it comes to next year. Um, but, like, I, I definitely think he would be a lot better starter than Jonas Jarebko. We'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on. The Clippers are interested in trading DeAndre Jordan, but do not like any of the current offers. Milwaukee is reportedly the most active team in their pursuit. Um, if I'm the Clippers, I totally want to trade DeAndre Jordan. Um, but, it, like, if you look at the league, it's really tough to see what you're going to get back for him. I just don't want to pay him max money. Or, well, I don't think you have to pay him max money. Um, but I don't want to pay him anywhere close to that. Um not the way the league is going. Um, I, I think honestly, if the if I could get Jabari Parker and then some contracts to make the money work, I would certainly entertain that idea. I know you have to re-sign Jabari Parker next year, um, but you're going to be able to re-sign him for less money than what DeAndre Jordan's going to cost you. Um, and if you play small ball, you can play him at the four and Blake at the five. And if you play big, you can play him at the three, Parker at three. Um, you can mix basically him, Gallinari, and Blake in. And the fact that they're always, all three of those motherfuckers are always injured, you would have to figure one of them will be healthy at any given time. So, like... You know, hopefully, anyway, uh, you'll be getting offensive productivity out of one of them. Um, I, I, I would pull the trade for that, um, but you got to at least give me Jabari Parker. Um, and I, I, I want Malcolm Brogdon, too, but I don't I don't think there's any way Milwaukee parts with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, if you're the Clippers, do you want to trade DeAndre Jordan, Joel? And 
you know, what if if you can think up anything, what would you want back? It's a tough question because at this point he's been there a while. We I'm not sure what the Clippers' future is anymore, aside from Blake Griffin because they've already invested the money, so that's your man. So rebuild around him. They tried it this year, bringing in Gallo and and uh, some of the other guys, and they just can't stay healthy for the life of them. So if you can get multiple assets for DeAndre Jordan, I say you do it. I like DeAndre Jordan in Milwaukee a lot. I just don't see what they can give. Uh, maybe Parker, like you mentioned, Parker, I mean, and leave that burden on, on the Clippers just to try to see if they want to resign him or not. Um, weirdly enough, because he's been hurt, it's it's hard to say should we just hold on to him? And I mean, the, for the Bucks, it's easy because they know what they got. But for any other team, it's like he's been injury prone, so it's hard to say. I want him, even though I like I like his potential, but he's always fucking hurt. Right. And it's like two, then I got to worry about ACL leaving. Yeah, uh, it's it's really scary <laughs> for right. anybody. Well, and that's the thing. Like it's like Derrick Rose had two ACL tears. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, I know man. both of y'all have told me <laughs> he had a pretty productive season last year for the Knicks. All things considered, he did. Um, not a twenty for million dollar a year yeah. season, but he had a he had a decent no. season. Um, but he hasn't right. played hardly at all this year. So it, it's like the, I think it's a mental. Thing. There's there's so <laughs> much risk. There's so much risk and and not a whole lot of reward. I agree. I agree with that. So it's yeah, tough. I, I mean, like and, the idea and, of Jordan on the bus, though. Yes, that much I really do like um, because I think um, putting him down in the paint with you know uh, basically you know running Bledsoe, uh, Snell, and um, Middleton and Antetokounmpo with him protecting the paint, and then you know you have. Uh, um, uh, Brogdon come off the bench. I guess that's a, that's a pretty good lineup. Um, but it's just a question. And, and the other thing too is, I feel like even if you include Parker, you may have to give up a first. Like that may be absolutely really? too much for me to give. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they're like. Even if they were willing to do it, I don't know what the the. Because, like, because obviously they just gave away a first-round pick for Bledsoe, but the protections on it are so weird. Um, so I don't know if they would a- be able to essentially give um, give a, away a first-round pick uh, that fits outside of the protections with which they gave it to um, Phoenix. Like, I don't know if that would violate the Stepien rule or not. Um, so, so I don't know how much flexibility they have with their draft picks as far as sending those. So, I, I think that's a that's a uh, also a, a big thing um, that is actually not easily searchable because I have tried. <laughs> um, but uh, Jawan, um, you know, what do you what do you think about uh, about you know the Clippers trying to move on from DeAndre Jordan? And do you have even just any any team in mind that you think would would be a good fit for him. Uh, Milwaukee. That was that was when when everyone was talking Cleveland. I thought he would go to Cleveland. Um, 
because I thought maybe they might have a little bit more to offer. Um, but as far as where I'd want them to go, Milwaukee. I mean, we how many times have we talked about Milwaukee uh, being that team that could upset Cleveland uh, this year? Oh, yeah. Not, not even thinking, you know, two years or six years from now. We're talking now. Um, oh, yeah. Having we, we do know one of the, the biggest issues <laughs> Cleveland has is size. They do not have guys with size. Um, and they kind of got a lot of old guys <laughs> also. Yeah. So you getting a guy like DeAndre to block up that paint to stop LeBron from those drives that he's going to inevitably want to have, um, especially if you can uh, stop him from going left, uh, and then he meets up with DeAndre at the rim, that could be a game changer for Milwaukee. Uh, and if that means you have to get rid of Jabari in the first rounder, I'd entertain it. I'd entertain it. I'd have somebody like Nick in my ear saying, maybe don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But I'd be sitting there like, do I not want to, do I want to not listen to Nick and, and make this trade happen? Because mm-hmm. I do think it could be a game changer for Milwaukee. Now, even with DeAndre Jordan, if they get to the finals, they're not beating uh, Golden State. But, hey, if you can get past Cleveland and go to the finals, that's a step in the right direction. So if I'm them, right. uh, one of Milwaukee's biggest strength is length uh, and, and, and their size. So if you can get another guy that, that only heightens that, why not? Why not? And if a first and, and uh, Jabari, who, by the way, is saying he should be back before All-Star break, but if uh, you got to get rid of Jabari in a, uh, in a first rounder to make it happen, I'm all for it. But I think that that's the best possible place for him to go. You send him to Cleveland, I, I don't think it gets the the, the, the same – effect that he would in, in Milwaukee. Right, because the thing is, Cleveland's already the favorite to win the East, and DeAndre Jordan probably doesn't doesn't win you the championship. So, that I mean, that's the biggest thing. Not to mention, if you're Cleveland, like, I, I just don't, like, the more that I've, like, really sat down and thought about it, I just don't see them trading for somebody who's on an expiring contract. Um it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you give up that pick um, when you're going to have to re-sign that guy, Isaiah Thomas, and LeBron James all next year? It's going to be like $80 million in the luxury tax. Well, I mean, like, I would even say... That's to, just ridiculous, man. Like, the, you can't afford that. I'd even say to the point that you're making... Um, the reason why Cleveland is a little scared to get rid of that pick is because LeBron refuses to tell them whether or not he's coming back. Oh yeah. So albeit, oh, yeah, sure. albeit I do not, albeit I do not think he's going to LA. Uh, if I'm Cleveland, there, there's no way, and Joel preaches this all the time. There's no way I'm literally getting rid of the only shred of of a future that I have in that draft mm-hmm. pick, especially when right, the well, only well. person. The only person that is making this franchise go in LeBron is is refusing to tell me if he'll be back. If if I'm Cleveland, I'm saying, listen, if uh, if we're gonna get to the finals this year, LeBron, it's completely gonna be up to you. I can't afford to trade away the only thing that we have going forward, especially if, will, you know we don't win the finals and you leave. So if I'm Cleveland, I, will see if I, I, I can't. I can't. I will see if I can convince you otherwise in about ten minutes. But before that, let's, let's, let's move on. 
Let's move on. Uh, the Grizzlies are trying to fetch a first-round pick for Tyreek Evans, but say they plan to keep Marcus Saul. Um, first of all, uh, it's highly, highly unlikely that you get a first-round pick for Tyreek Evans. Um, he's been playing. It, it would never great. happen. <laughs> uh, I won't say it'll never happen, but it would be highly unlikely. Um, but he has been playing great. Um, like, put it this way, last year, the Wizards gave up a first-round pick to get Bojan Bogdanovic on a rental. Um, I could definitely see a team being stupid and doing the same thing for somebody like Tyreek Evans. Like, yeah, you know, maybe a team like Washington. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, it's highly unlikely. But the, the bigger the bigger thing to me with this is, like, why are you not trying to trade Marcus Gasol? Marcus Gasol is the most valuable, tradable asset that you have right now. You're like the fourth or fifth worst team in the the, the league. Like, you're not you're not gonna get any better. Like, I know Conley's been out for like ever, um, but like still, even when you had Conley, you weren't playing that well. Like, you've got to give up Marcus Gasol. Am I wrong here? Uh, Jawan. No, no. I mean, if if you're talking about wanting a first round pick, why not put those two together and and shop them collectively? That'd be your best chance of of getting Absolutely. anything remotely close to the, uh, a first round pick. But if you think and I, I know you said and honestly you're, you're absolutely right. Never say never because a team every year does something as idiotic and stupid as that. Um, but you'd have to want to think teams and ownerships are smart enough to know you should never give a first-round pick for Tyreek Evans. I'm sorry, even though he's playing really good this year, to me he does not have a track record, one of health and two of consistency, enough for me to warrant giving you a first-round pick. That's yeah, maybe he's just a good player on a bad team. That's that's what I could look at it as, exactly. and that's what organizations should look at it as. So there's no way I'm giving you a, a first-round pick. But if you tell me, you know what, fine, I'll give you Gasol too, now we have a conversation. But if you're just trying to right. pawn off Tyreek Evans to me for a first-round pick, nah, I'm going to get a second-rounder. Yeah. Um, Joel, yeah, what are your much. thoughts? No, I, I agree. Uh, I like Tyreek Evans. I, I was praising him um, earlier in the year because I really liked what I've seen out of him. But, yeah, first-round pick for him right now, no. This is probably an aberration because he hasn't been able to keep it up. He was a rookie of the year at one point, right, I believe? Yeah. And mm-hmm. since sure. then, it's kind of been – yeah, he's kind of regressed, and it's kind of been sad. But I do think he's talented. I just, I'm just i not giving up a first-round pick for him. Maybe uh, an early second-round pick, possibly. Uh, but that's as far as I'd probably go. But if you do package Marcus Gasol with him, yeah, I'll give you a first-round pick for sure. Yeah, I'll give you a valuable first-round pick for that. Sure. And for the young talent, yeah. like, yeah, like, you'd get a great deal for that. But, um, but or, yeah, like, you, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, com- like, be realistic, Memphis. Like, come on. Um, but, anyway, let's move on. I don't we, see we the upside in Gasol, though. No, I don't. That's, that's the thing in a nutshell. I don't see an upside. I, I mean, he, he's, he's not young. You got like two years left on his deal. Go ahead and move him and try to get something for him. Like, there's so many teams that would be interested in getting Marcus Saul. Like, 
because yep. he's such a good player. He's being wasted on a shitty team. Um, and and I seriously, I just don't understand these these teams. Like I I even said it last year with the Hawks. Like yes, go ahead and move Millsap. Like yes, it might cost us getting the play getting to the playoffs this year. But if you can get something for him, like you you like get something for him. Like you're you're obviously not trending in the right direction. So, but like if you're telling me you're like one of the worst teams in the league and you're not willing to trade like you know a player that can get you some good return, you're just fucking stupid. Um, but you know we'll see, we'll see. Maybe it's just all talk. Um, but let's move on. We got about twenty minutes left. Hot takes and mock trades. Juwan, what is your hot take, my friend? All right, all right. Hold on. I wrote it down. Let me go to it. Sorry. Um, hold on. Hold on. Oh, shit. That's Joel's. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so my hot take is... <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> my hot take for this week is I have uh, Miami Heat making it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Damn, son. a with a big trade uh, to be determined or to be announced. Uh, Pat Riley has something up his sleeve. They will be landing somebody to help further push that team. Main reason why I went with that, Joel saying it's prisoner of the moment. I do not disagree with that. But what I back it up with is this team does play with a lot of grit, a lot of heart, and they're very scrappy. Like these – like, I've never really seen, well, the East is weak, so let me not kind of build it like that. But not that a team weak. of non – well, no, 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 I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying a team full of no all-stars. Like, no one's ever been an all-star. No one's ever been in a conversation for an all-star uh, appearance. But w- with a team of kind of like mid-guys, they're really putting in a lot of work, and they're really winning some, some tough games. Like, they're not just beating bad teams. They're going out playing really good teams, and they're winning. So this team that has a lot of grit, a lot of heart, and they're very scrappy, I can see Pat Riley making a very big move that completely changes uh, the dynamic of that team and helps that team get to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they'll lose to Boston, but they'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Where they'll lose to Boston. All right. Well, we just I think we did just get two hot takes in one night. Uh, <laughs> I think you're batshit <laughs> crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, Joel, what are your thoughts? Mm. Fucking hot take and a half of that one. It's like me saying this team, <laughs> thing they call the Clippers, is going to blow up the fucking Warriors, which is possible at the moment. <laughs> but no, uh, I don't think it's likely. Um, it really depends, I guess, on the trade. You know, if they get LeBron back, I guess it's possible. But <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I would have to see who they, they possibly uh, in the future may trade for that pushes them over the top. Um, it, like, if they get a top player, like, yeah, I guess there's a chance. But as of, I just can't see anybody putting them that much better than, like, the Cavs or the Raptors or the uh, uh, Boston Celtics. Celtics um, or the Bucks. Yeah. Like, Bucks or Wizards. even the Wizards. I mean, they're right there. Like, Right, so yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, well, here's the thing: I, the, the the Heat have very much impressed me this year because I I didn't even have them making the playoffs at the beginning of the year. I I mean, we I've, know. I've been. <laughs> oh, I I know you know. 
But for everyone out there in, in uh, Geek Vibes Nation land who doesn't know, now you know. Um, I, but I, like, yeah, I, I, I just feel like they're a team that is, is, is due to fall off a cliff at any moment in time. Um, obviously, this year is not that year. Um, but uh, the, the thing is, I don't know what you make a trade with. Uh, that their their 2018 pick is is going to the Suns. Their 2021 pick is going to the Suns. So like you literally because of the Stepien rule, you can't trade your 2019 pick. You can't trade your 2020 pick. The first the the pick that you can trade, the the first first rounder that you can offer is your 2023 first round pick. Like, who the fuck is going to trade anything for a first-round pick that far away? Like, I feel like you would – the only way you could pull it off is if you traded all of your young talent. So if you traded um, – uh, what's the dude they just took in the in the draft, uh, Joel? Um, uh, that forward uh, – Adebayo? Yes. Adebayo? Okay, so if you package Adebayo, uh, maybe um, uh, uh, the – Fuck, what's what's the small forward that you know, Winslow? You you package those two guys and somebody else to make some some money work. Maybe you could land a good wing player. Um, maybe, uh, but even still, man, like even if you land like a good wing player, like I don't think that package is enough to get you over the hump of you know. Cleveland yep. or yeah. you know Boston or like I, I just I don't feel like they have the assets to do it. Um, but Juwan, um, I don't know what. What are your thoughts to our responses? I guess. No, I understand what you guys are saying. I'm just saying I feel as though Pat Riley has something uh, in the works. That honestly, and I that- do get what you guys are saying of the other teams that it's just like, come on, you really think they're going to beat those teams? I see the way these guys play. And honestly, outside of maybe Milwaukee, Cleveland to me is super shaky. In Boston, I kind of like Miami's odds against everybody else. That's just me. That's just me. I got you. All right. Well, hey, we all know Pat Riley is a, 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 a GM genius. Like, that's that's definitely um, – kind of his M.O. Um, he's been successful at every level of the sport that he's participated in, so um, that's certainly a possibility. Um, but let's move on. Uh, mock trade, my mock trade of the week. We've got about 13 minutes left, fellas. Um, so essentially this mock trade boils down to a few things. Um, it's a, it's a, well, let, well, let me just give you the trade first. Um, Cleveland would get Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb, and the OKC uh, 2020 first-round pick, 1 through 20 protected. Uh, If that pick does not convey, uh, the uh, Thunder would instead uh, convey 2022 and 2023 second-round picks. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets would get... uh, Alfred Payton, Mario Hizonia, uh, Amon Schumpert to make the money work, and the Brooklyn Nets first-round pick, the Magic 
would get Isaiah Thomas. A few things here. One, uh, for the Magic, uh, I just don't think... I mean, Alfred Payton's just obviously not your guy. I mean, I I was super keen on giving him another year, uh, you know, with the draft. Like, uh, a lot of people wanted the Magic to take go ahead and take a point guard in the draft. Um, I, I definitely thought that he should get another year, but it hasn't proven to be beneficial. Like, they're obviously bad. They're the second-worst team in the league right now. Um, so he's obviously just I – mean, he's just not your guy. He's not helping you win games. Um, so if you can get a, somebody like Isaiah Thomas uh, for uh, essentially, you know, him, uh, Mario Hazonia, who after this season is going to – be back in the European leagues because he he's not an NBA player. He's just not. Um, and a you know top twenty projected first round pick from the uh, I'm sorry from the Thunder, uh, which is way far down the line. It's 2020. Yeah, I think that's a good trade for them. Uh, as far as for the um, for the Hornets, uh, I, I I obviously the this team is not working. It's not that Kemba's not working, but his team is not working. Um, so if you can get a, the Nets pick, plus, you know, you can kind of just go ahead and go in on the tank and just try to get your pick up. You get two top ten picks in this draft uh, that's going to be really good. This draft is really good as far as talent. It's a lot like last year's draft as far as talent is concerned. Um you and plus you get Alfred Payton, um, who you could either keep or trade. Um, I think Alfred Payton would honestly kind of pair up pretty well with Malik Monk, um, on paper anyway. Um, uh, Alfred Payton's actually not shooting terrible from three this year. Um, I think he's like thirty-seven percent from three, um, which is not bad. Like that's pretty good. Um, and, you know, as far as with uh, Malik Monk, he's uh, a streaky shooter, but, you know, that's that's the guy you drafted. I mean, you've got to try to build around him. Um, and, and Peyton's tall and lanky and can play defense. Like, I, I, I think that would, you know, be a worthy gamble, but maybe you, you trade for him and then trade him for, you know, some kind of other picks. Um, so there's that possibility as well. Um, but, I mean, if you do keep him, you got Alfred Peyton. You got uh, Malik Monk, you got Frank Kaminsky, um, and then I feel like everybody else on that team is expendable, and you have a lot of players who could get you value. Nicholas Batum could get you value. Uh, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist could get you some value. Uh, Marvin Williams even could get you some value. Um, That's the thing, they don't have... Like, other than Dwight Howard, they don't have a contract that is, like, nobody's taking that contract. Like, they don't have bad players. They just have a bad team. Like, the players don't work together. Um, so, and, and Dwight Howard's contract is up at the end of next season. So, you just, you know, wait that out. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it would, be, it would work for them. And as far as for the Cavs, it, what it really boils down to to me is you get Kimball Walker, you get Jeremy Lamb, um, you get a future first-round pick or two 
second round picks or whatever it is, um, you're giving up a lot to get that because you're giving up Isaiah Thomas uh, and you're giving up the Nets pick um, to get those players in that pick. Um, but the biggest reason to me why you do it is because of financial concerns. Kimball Walker is signed on through next season. So is Jeremy Lamb. Kimball Walker is $12 million. Jeremy Lamb is like seven. Um, it, like, if you keep LeBron James, then you have a team established there waiting for him to come back to. If you don't keep LeBron James, you don't have to go through this decision process of, well, do we want to enter the luxury tax in order to sign Isaiah Thomas? Do we not? Like, you're not a luxury tax team anymore if you have Kimball Walker and Jeremy Lamb. And you're still a pretty fucking good team. Jeremy Lamb would basically take over the starting uh, shooting guard role, in my opinion, because he's just, he's just been better this year than J.R. Smith. Um, so, you know, if you had – if LeBron leaves, you got you got Kimball Walker, you got Jeremy Lamb, you got Kyle Korver. Granted, you still have J.R. Smith because you're not going to be able to move him. Um, you got Jay Crowder, you got Kevin Love, you got Tristan Thompson. That's a playoff team. Um, so you could either, you know, try to keep that team together and take a year off not being in the luxury tax so that if you want to keep the team together the following year, you're probably going to go back into the luxury tax so that at least you're not a repeat offender at that point. Um, or you could just try to trade them all off. You try to, like, you're not going to get, like, any sort of super great value for Kimball Walker uh, on an expiring contract with, you know, most teams already having established point guards. Um, but you'll be able to get some return back for him. Um, you, you know, you trade Kevin Love, you trade um, pretty much anybody who you can get value for. Um, I, I think it would be a great trade for all teams um, given their status. Joel, what are your thoughts? All right, Nick. Yeah. Um, I like the way you explained it, the way you broke it down, and everything sounds great. I just, it seems like a lot of permanent decisions will be made in, <laughs> if this happens. Um, I don't think Cleveland, I think Cleveland likes IT, and I think that's the reason that they won't trade him. Um, I, uh, I don't think Charlotte's done with Kemba, even though I think they should move on from him. Yeah. Uh, and the Magic should definitely start over. And nobody's untouchable. Trade anybody that anybody wants and get whatever you can get, especially, you know, that whatever's valuable, get picked. So, yeah, Orlando needs to rebuild from the bottom up. So give up everyone if you have to, because I, I don't <laughs> see how anybody's untouchable in Orlando. But, yeah, I don't or, think Charles is done with Kemba just yet, and I don't think IT – no, no. There's too much drama there. I mean, they – no. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel you. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I just think that it would be super smart for all three teams is my point. Um, That's too I, smart. <laughs> it, well, I've, I've thought that of myself before, but I've never heard it. So 
Uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, well, n- not as far as just in general, but as far as trades are concerned, I guess I, sh- I should. That's on paper. That's on paper. It looks great. But, like, you, you it, know, it really does. Like, like, I, emotionally, you know. Yeah, emotionally and everything else, like, I understand it. But, like, it, I mean, if you're the Cavs, if you can, if you can get that amount of um, cap control under your belt, like, and still – potentially make yourself better. Um, because, I mean, let's be honest, Jeremy Lamb is better than Lon Schumper, and Kimball Walker is not any slouch. Like, I mean, is is he the offensive player that Isaiah Thomas is? No, but he's not far from it, and he's, I mean, he's like four or five inches taller. I mean, he's a better defender just because of that alone. So, you know, I mean, not to mention, like I said, the, the contract situation. Um, but anyway, uh, Juwan, we got about three minutes left. What are your thoughts on that deal? Uh, I like the deal, uh, mainly because I told you my biggest fear for Cleveland is um, that Brooklyn pick looks like it might uh, possibly round out to be like maybe the uh, the low half of of the uh, the, the the draft, like maybe. Eight, nine, or ten, um, right? And you could risk Isaiah leaving. You could risk LeBron leaving. Well, and, and here's both the thing. Those... Here's the thing to me is like LeBron's not gonna sign unless you re-sign Isaiah. And if you re-sign Isaiah and re-sign LeBron, I mean, God, what what kind of payroll are you looking at? You are looking at a crazy yeah. fucking payroll. So, yeah. like, I mean, honestly, and, and if, if if I'm Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was no, no. Say, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Cleveland, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not banking on that again. That, uh, you know, he'll stay. So to me, right. I have to plan for my future. I have to plan for a future without LeBron. Kimba Walker. I believe you also said Jeremy Lamb. Uh, yeah. Tristan Thompson. Did you still have Kevin Love on there, or did you trade Kevin Love? Yeah, I yeah. Jay Crowder and Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Like that's a that's a yeah, playoff no, to team me, right there. To me, in the Eastern Conference, that should still be a four or five seed, three, four or five seed in the East. So to mm-hmm. me, maybe I like do that. six or seven, but like we're going to be a playoff team. <laughs> <laughs> maybe eight. Shut up, Joel. All I'm saying yeah, is maybe. Exactly you really like it's, it's a playoff game. That's yeah. a better future than uh, what they ended up with last time LeBron up and left. Bro, so you lose LeBron, you go into tank mode. That's all I got to say. Well, and that's the thing. But here's <laughs> Not the if thing, you can Joel. Do. Like, real quick, before we wrap up the show. Shut off a like, Well, here's the thing. I agree. If you lose LeBron, you go into tank mode. But with this deal, like, granted, you lose the Nets pick. But you do get some kind of consolation with a first-rounder with OKC later on down the line. Um, you get Kimball Walker, who you can trade. You get Jeremy Lamb, who you can trade. Um, and then you can trade Crowder. You can trade Love. Like, you still have enough pieces, and, and, and it gives you options. Like, you could either trade everybody or try to keep everybody, whatever you want to do. So I, I think it just gives the Cavs more flexibility um, and I think it helps the other two teams as well. Um, and you know, as far as as far as for the the, the Hornets, like with if you had a, like a top five and a, a number ten pick, you could do a lot of good with that. But anyway, uh, it's been another fun show, fellas. 
thank you for for as always for joining me. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday at nine o'clock per usual. Join us this Sunday for Geek Vibes Live as usual. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>